You are listening to Insights, produced by the University of New South Wales Law Society, a podcast dedicated to bring you an insight into law school, the legal profession, and legal issues. The production team would also like to show our respects and acknowledge the Bedigal people, who are the traditional custodians of the land, of elders past and present on which this podcast is made. This week, we'll be having a chat with current UNSW law student and Law Society President Sanjay Alapakam about what his hopes are for the society and for the law school community as a whole in this coming year. Sanjay is an incredibly active and accomplished member of our community, representing UNSW in various moots, participating in the Public Policy Fellowship for 2020, as well as being the Lawyers Weekly Law Student of the Year for 2020 as well. Having clerked at law firm Clayton Oots, he is also passionate about public policy and social justice having been the previous Vice President for Social Justice and previously a Research Assistant for the Inspector of Custodial Services and Paralegal for Playfair Visa and Migration Services. Thanks, Sanjay, for being here with us today. Thank you very much for having me. So it's currently reading week. Um, What have you been doing the past week? Um, So I had a couple of midterms that were due during reading week. Other than that, um, just been getting (laughs) getting into some reading uh, for pleasure as well. So I've been reading up on some modern history texts. Other than that, just trying to catch up with friends. And so is reading one of your hobbies that you partake in outside of your work? Oh, definitely. I think it's very important um, to be able to read for pleasure. Um, One, because it gives you a bit of an escape um, from from being busy. And two, I think it's just important to continue to try to learn as much as you can. A lot of law students think that reading is no longer fun just because they have to read so much. How have you kind of kept up with that passion? Well, I mean, the, the, the difference is that with, with reading for uni, you're pretty much reading things that you have to read to, to get that degree at the end. But um, when you're reading for pleasure, you get to choose what you read. Yeah. You get to really look at your interests, really do a deep dive. Um, so for me, like I read specific um, types of books, whether it's about um, historical fictions or it's about modern history around the World War II and the independence movement in India, that kind of uh, period. I'm guessing you're a history buff then with the books that you've just recommended. Uh, what are you currently reading right now? So at the moment, I'm actually reading a historical fiction called um, All the Lives We Never Lived by Anuradha Roy. Um, she's, an, she's an Indian author. And it's essentially about West Bengal, which is a part of India, bordering Bangladesh, and about the pre-independence movement in India and how people essentially live their lives in that time and the escapism that the main character really chooses to engage in. Yeah. Looking through uh, your previous experiences, you've had a lot of um, interaction with public policy and social justice. What kind of got you into those fields? I think that sort of goes to why I, why I picked law in the first place. So I knew what it was like when I moved here with my parents in 2006, what it's like to face racism in a largely white um, neighbourhood. Um, in Campbelltown. Um, But then also I got to see the disadvantages that my peers had, you know, people who weren't able to afford to go to school camps, you know, things that I took for granted with two educated parents who supported me as much as they can. Um, And so it was that sense of sort of knowing that you've been on the, you've, you've been on the brunt of some level of discrimination, but also the the disparities that exist for everyone else who has it much, much, much worse. Um, and I think it's that thread of empathy that's um, that sort of triggered this this longing to have a social impact. There is always that fundamental 
thread amongst law students that we tend to be more conscious of issues of justice yeah. because that's one taught to us and two that's the point of the law it's to make sure that the system operates in a just way um you actually told me in the past that you started off as a comp sci law student so i started i actually started off as a commerce um student yeah um, commerce law student and then i decided maybe i should try computer science i looked at the the first midterm assignment and thought this is probably not for me and then i left after four <laughs> weeks and then i and i made my way back to finance and i think it's made me appreciate the major for all it is for sure in my opinion people who do engineering law or stem law are slightly built different than the rest of us <laughs> uh, for all our listeners out there very intelligent people <laughs> so how do you juggle so many of your commitments being law soc work um mm-hmm. and your leadership roles i think um in terms of juggling and and i hear this question quite often because people need to know how to strike that balance the most important thing you can do is to just find things that you're interested in Yeah. I think from there the time management will take care of itself as long as you timetable things and make sure that you sort of switch up tasks. So what I do is if I have, you know, five different things happening in a week, I make sure to switch up the tasks that I do, maybe break my day into thirds or something like that. Um and so your brain still um stays a bit stimulated whilst you're able to change between tasks rather than like if I was to spend 10 hours in a row doing law society president stuff, then you know my quality of work would decrease um i wouldn't enjoy the work after those 10 hours um and yeah i think that it's it's important to have variety so i think that's the main thing so i just wanted to talk a little bit about unsw law society as well mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges that you face going into your role so far what's happened is that um when you're a vice president you're overseeing maybe 10 people for your portfolio and there's like 10 different vice presidents you can kind of get advice from one another how do you manage the team how do you set out a vision when you're president it goes from those 10 people to 120 people who are who hold officer roles plus the other subcommittees so at any given point law soc can have between 130 to 150 people actively doing things and working to um execute our initiatives um so that was a big step up and i think part of that kind of the challenge it presented was just being able to ensure that you strike a balance between having enough oversight but also being able to delegate sufficiently and just make sure that people feel um like they can come to you if things aren't going going right um and that you you're kept in the loop to make sure that things things are running smoothly um throughout the year so that was one component and the second thing is really um is that with with co-presidents it's a very different thing right um when you're a vice president you sort of you're the one person you get to set out the you get to set out the vision for that portfolio as in your co-presidents you have to um sort of fi- find that sort of balance within one another know you know who gets who does which uh, responsibility all, all that sort of stuff and I, and I'm very blessed to have Alex as the co-president so we get along very well we were actually friends before um and we used to grab lunch in Martin Place when we were working um but what we found is that we we kind of strike that balance but i think just initially it's just sort of getting the bearings um that was that was challenging to go from you know being being that sole voice to to a dual voice but i think that's our strength as a society because you're able to have two people's opinions um essentially running running this machine actually for the people who aren't as clued in on the house law sock is structured and stuff like Do you mind telling us as well what exactly your role is for Law Society? So, um what I'll do is I'll sort of just give an overview of, you know, who's in the society. Sure. So, um we have essentially uh, a cabinet, which is a which is a leadership team that has about 14 people. So there's the co-presidents, so myself and Alex. So, like Harrison, who's our vice president for international, um there are uh, there are a total of 10 vice presidents. 
Um, and there's a treasurer and a secretary as well. So the 14 of us, we get together. We actually have a meeting this evening. <laughs> so, uh, so we get together every fortnight, um, look, look at the budget, see what the situation is, see if there's any other updates, make sure that everything's running smoothly. And together, we're essentially a board of directors. So if anyone's done equity and trust, that's pretty much it. And we run it for the benefit of our members who sign up. So aside from the 14 of us, um, is are our directors. So we have 117 people who are volunteering um, in law society as an officer. That's, for example, could be people who are running your moots, could be people who are running your negotiations competitions, people who are carrying out their career um, initiatives, so people in in public interest, private laws and international as well, people who run blogs, uh, you have people who are running um, diversity and inclusion initiatives, so for example, a queer officer, women's officers. Um, so it's a, it's a very diverse bunch and essentially the way it's structured is to sort of identify all the different areas that really affect a student. So that's mental health, that's careers, that's skills, that's um, essentially marketing to make sure our things get out there. So that's administration um, and activities, your social activities. In fact, probably one of the more popular ones with Lawball and um, our law launch. Um, so yeah, so that's 117 people. And then you also have some subcommittees as well. So we have our premier social justice journal, which is the Court of Conscience. Um, and that has about 12 to 15 editors every year. Um, you also have the wellbeing directors. Um, you also have um, the policy submissions people who, um, so we have four directors and they hire uh, uh, numerous contributors for each submission that we put out. Uh, speaking of which, we actually double the number of submissions we want to do. So, you know, everyone, this is, this is a good opportunity to be able to do submissions for um, Parliament. Shout out to my uh, international media subcommittee and also the international directors as well. <laughs> are there any initiatives that we are lacking in or any issues that we haven't been focusing on addressing you think so usually what we try to do is we try to think about that at the start of the year yeah. the start of our term which which was october last year um and then think well what are we lacking can we improve anything um so what we've done is we've brought back the environment officer yeah. so we can actually have more discussions around climate change around sustainability around animal welfare uh, from a student's perspective um, we also have introduced a disabilities um, officer as well to assist students and really advocate for them in terms of what law society does, but also um, recommendations to the faculty on how things can be run to support students who have disabilities or are um, non-neurotypical and have learning difficulties. Um, so that's an area that we lacked previously and we're building up our capabilities there. In terms of public um, policy submissions, I think that that's always going to be an issue um, in terms of trying to provide people with sufficient opportunities to get involved with public policy just because it's not like um, you know working at a paralegal role to be able to get exposure to public policy and to be commentate it, it is something that for some people especially at the at the um, junior levels of law school can feel like it's a bit out of their reach so what we've done is we've actually doubled the number of directors so we went from wanting to do three submissions a year to six submissions a year so for those of you who don't know essentially um, when you have a bill that passes through Parliament after the third reading you might sometimes have a parliamentary inquiry that happens so, for example, there was a Senate inquiry into judges' pension following the Dyson Hayden um, situation last year. And um, so they wanted to review and say, well, should we alter the judges' pension system if, you know, people have been found 
to have engaged in misconduct during their term. And so we did a submission for that. And that actually got cited in the ultimate report that the Senate inquiry ended up putting out um, in terms of how the legislation can be reshaped or what the imperative is for that legislation. So that's essentially, um, you know, a really good opportunity to to, to be heard. And in the past, we have been invited to to hearings in the Senate and whether it's Commonwealth or New South Wales, for them to hear more about what we think about legislation. So that's an area that we want to um, ramp up as well. I think one thing um, that we can improve more on is just really trying to um, get people to engage who haven't previously engaged in law society, where that's through our talent pipeline, which is people who end up being recruited, whether it's for camp leader or as a director, and then they can make their way up to vice president and president, because, it can feel like it's it's a closed system that you yeah. have to know people, which is completely untrue. But you know, it can feel like that if you don't know enough people in the organisation. Yeah. Um, and second is just trying to respond very well to COVID. So people have um, different different likes and dislikes. So some people like attending events from home. Other people prefer coming into campus. They'll come in even if they if they don't have class because yeah. they like that that um, that environment. And so we, I think we just need to strike the balance between um, what we provide. And, and we're trying to, you know, have a dual delivery system. So having things that are in person, but also live stream them where possible. But I think there's, there's more to be learned. And, and we're working actively with the other law societies in New South Wales to get to um, see how we, how we can all address these issues. My common complaint actually from a lot of law students about law societies is just the fact that it is accommodates for a very particular type of law student. You're, you dedicate a lot of time into law society, yeah. to be honest, um, whether it's as a director, or a VP or, or a president. Um, and I think it's just the nature of that commitment that you normally have a passion for the law yeah. um, and want to prioritize that, whether it's practicing law or going to academia and yeah. so on. Um, but the third thing is, I don't think that's necessarily true that everyone wants to go into commercial law. If you look at a lot of our vice presidents, people have gone into management consulting, um, investment banking, people want to go and study abroad at, at Oxford and yeah. and then become an academic. So we definitely have a, wide, a broad range of people who um, who come into the society, um, even people who go into community legal centres. I think that we don't talk about it enough, but there have been incredible vice presidents in the past who have gone into the public sector and, and the community sector as well. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just about trying to get those stories out there that can really address this issue. So, for sure. so for example, launching this podcast this year, that was part of our vision, really trying to um, help students understand that there isn't just one type. I mean, take me, for example, like I said, I didn't go to a private school. I grew up in Campbelltown. I don't come from a family of lawyers. Mm. And those are all, you know, things which which I thought were, were weaknesses. I don't think they'd make me part of the society. But I think because we embrace diversity and we really care about nurturing people and having those conversations with people to want to rise to the top, yeah. um, that, you know, everyone does have a place here. Um, and I think it's just a matter of having those open discussions. The last area that I kind of wanted to talk about is your actual time studying at UNSW Law. Do you have a particular favorite memory of your time oh, so far? It's, it's so hard to pick. There are so many. Uh, what I might say is probably Lawball in 2017. So um, I don't know if you know this, Harry, but because this is before your time at uni. Weren't, you, was, um, weren't you part of the law band? I, I was part of the law band. Yes. <laughs> so I was, um, I was one of the lead singers. Yeah. Um, and, my, and my co-singer actually ended up being my clerkship buddy last year. So it's, uh, you end up making a lot of good friendships. Yeah. Um, and actually, Sam was in that band as well, who you interviewed last yeah. time. So, yeah, um, I loved that. You know, being on stage, it feels like you're sort of soaring. Um, and you also get to meet all these wonderful people um, in, in that 
in, in the event as well. So it was like a good mix of being able to perform, work hard, get that result, but also um, go around, meet new people, um, really get a flavour for, well, who, who are law students? What are they about? And clearly yeah. it's people who work hard that clearly, clearly can play hard as well. So, yeah. I remember good. actually chatting to um, someone who works at Clayton Nudes and apparently there is a Clayton Nudes band as well, I believe. I, or an orchestra, I think. I'm not too sure about that one, um, but but I think it was a past law society president who did start that. Really? So, yeah. And <laughs> then that. you're going to be um, the new lead singer for the Clayton Roots <laughs> band as well. We'll see. They might have auditions, so <laughs> fingers crossed. Was there anything you think you struggled in, do you remember, in your first few years as a law student? Oh, 100%. What? Okay, this story I go okay. back to every single time someone tells me that law is super hard and that they don't think they have what it takes. Yeah. I don't, if everyone would know this by now because it's like past the midterm it, yeah. area, but ILJ in the court report, I got a pass mark. And I'd come into uni after being very confident, like, look, law's the one for me. I knew that this is the path I need to take. I'm very passionate about justice and courts and, and all, all of those topics. And then I was like, whoa, like, this was surprising. How, how did I do so poorly in this? And then I thought maybe I should just drop law. I really like, I'm really digging accounting right now in commerce, accounting 1A. I'm going to become an auditor. That's it. This is the end of the law career. And then I, and then, you know, I had a lot of encouragement from Provines, from my friends, um, from a lot of, um, from my family as well. And they said, this is one assignment. Like, if you were to give up after this, then that's not really a test, you know. That's something that just shows that you don't have enough resilience. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you're going to manifest that that failure by, by giving up. If anything, you need to show that you can improve, you can um, you can deal with this failure and then, and then move on, do better. Yeah. Um, and I think I really took that to heart and I, and I continued from there and, and I haven't looked back. Um, I, I absolutely enjoy the subject matter that I study. I absolutely enjoy um, my experiences at Law Society yeah. Um, and yeah, all the experiences that have come with it. Um, so yeah, remember that every time. <laughs> so, you know, your court report does not um, a student make, that is one assignment. Your wham, yes, it's one component of you. So I think it's just very important to keep these things in mind and keep and keep a level of perspective. Yeah. I actually have a very similar story as well. Back in my um, IOJ class, it's always the IOJ class that causes the most problems for a lot of like. I wouldn't say that. Some people do extremely well in IOJ and then find torts harder. I mean, um, I did all right in IOJ, but the, uh, this story kind of sticks with me um, throughout my entire legal education, mm. just because. So this was not the uh, this was at the court report actually as mm. well. Um, so for the court report, there was a word maximum of I believe 800 words mm -hmm. and at the time I had misread the instructions and had read it as 400 words oh, no. and so I had <laughs> literally only written 400 words and I had submitted it and then some of my friends told me why is it so short you're gonna get a terrible mark and then when we get our marks back it turns out that the professor enjoyed the fact that I was so succinct with my answer right <laughs> and so ever since then I've just realized that sometimes you just have to take at your own pace but what I sort of like stay in the same right when, when we're sharing our story about ILJ yeah. and you know experiences of stress yeah. um, is that it does like the whole experience does teach you some important things yeah. like being succinct like the first thing I learned as I started like um, working in, in the industry is um, is how for example when you when, when a large law firm is advising a CEO they're not gonna have time to like read a copious amount of amount of writing it's like cool dude you can you can show so much research but like I need the answer for what yeah. I can actually action yeah. so I think the rule that I heard was something about you know you need the advice to fit in the one phone screen they shouldn't be able to scroll so maybe like six dot points that's it 
And that actually is a very important skill to build up. And you start doing that as a student over time and, and, at, and as a paralegal and other experiences that you take. But the other thing is resilience. Like not everything's going to go your way, whether it's as a student um, or as a paralegal or, or beyond. So really trying to learn that, yes, failures happen, but knowing that that's definitely not the end of the road if you don't want it to be and just try to keep going from there. Do you have any other advice that you want to give the law students out there, how they can find some of their own resilience as well? Mm. I think the first thing is really, um, really do ask older students for advice. I think that they're a very valuable resource. They've also been through what you're going through. Um, So if you have any friends or if there's anyone that, you know, you've come into contact with at Law Society, even Alex, me or Harry, um, feel free to reach out. You know, Um, everyone's very happy to help. Um, The second thing is really make sure that you do notice and understand and acknowledge that your marks or your CV or anything else is only one component of you as a person. You're not just reduced to a a two-page summary or, or your LinkedIn profile. Like you are a full person who has hobbies, who has interests, who could probably, who's probably very funny, um, who's very nice to people around them. So very, very much acknowledge that you're a holistic person yep. and don't reduce yourself like that. Um, and really keep, keep everything in perspective whenever, you know, a result comes in, whether it's great or whether it's not what you wanted, definitely keep that in perspective. The third is really try to throw yourself into opportunities. You know, for me, um, I never thought about running for Law Society president in first year, yeah. to be honest. I think, I think there's one component of you which thinks, oh, that'd be, that'd be a cool gig. But also, like, you don't really think that's going to be you. Yeah. Um, but I just threw myself into different opportunities, whether it's competitions, being published, being in law band and, and so on. And I made a lot of friends and have a lot of memories to look back on. Um, so those things end up building you as a person. And they're also very interesting things to talk about in interviews. I yeah. remember in, my, um, in an interview of mine that, um, <laughs> that one of the interviewers were like, okay, but, okay, but tell me more about law band. What was that really? like? Yeah, because yeah, they really wanted to um, learn more about that. Because it's, it's those sort of characteristics that make you interesting to hang out with. Um, if you are you know, working on a tough task and you just need a coffee break and you want someone to chat to, yeah. people will enjoy that aspect of you. So definitely like, lean into your interests and lean into opportunities. And the fourth thing and final thing, I promise, is um, definitely make sure that you go in to any opportunity with a view to give what you can. Yeah. to really contribute, make an impact. And yes, to some extent, that can be sort of um, aligned with your self-interest, right? Like at the end of that, um, that initiative or that, or that role or whatever you're doing, you can point to it and say, well, I implemented X, Y, Z. Like that's yeah. a tangible sure. outcome of your efforts. But the other thing is you actually feel so much more confident in yourself because you're able to actually contribute to something rather than just sort of grinding, grinding, grinding it away. So that's, that's actually part of our culture at LawSoc. Yep. We very much try to encourage people to come up with their own initiatives, try to come up with changes. Um, and that's like anyone, whether it's the presidents or the vice presidents or people who are directors or even in subcoms and our members, we, we very much take all that feedback um, you know, to heart and we try to um, implement things. So definitely um, try, try to give as much as you can. Uh, Thanks again, Sanjay, for coming. Okay, thanks so much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. 